Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Robert. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And it's also about our lives. Woohoo! And boy, oh boy, do we have one. We have lives. I'm, I swear to you, we have lives. <laughs> I know this sounds like a lie, but we do have lives. It does revolve around television and also whatever hobbies Ashley and I are addicted to that month. And we have big updates. But, Real big but, updates. But. But first, <laughs> why don't you go ahead, rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app if you haven't done it yet. Yes, I'm talking about you, the person who listens to us in Apple Podcasts and has yet to review us. Go ahead, put five stars, review us, say something nice so Ashley and I don't get sad. Um, and we would really appreciate it. If you want to help us out some more, and then maybe we can help you out with some more content... Why don't you join our Patreon? That's right. Patreon.com forward slash reality blows. Sign up for our $5 blowness tier and get two blowness episodes a month. Woo woo. Last month, we put up uh, two episodes where Ashley and I kind of uh, were checking out the Discovery Plus streaming app and, and messing around over there, and those were kind of fun to talk about. So I would get over there and catch up on all of 2020's blowness content. Yeah, find out who we really are. <laughs> That's who we we're hiding ourselves right now uh -huh. from. You, by the way, you know, I did ask your sister who has uh, recently started listening to the pod. What up, Gab? And I was like, are we ourselves on there? Because it's like, you know, I, I want to be as authentic as possible on here. But there's something that happens when you put a microphone in your hand, sure. where you're like, I'm, I I can't tell if I'm putting it on or if it's if this is true, right? You know, Ash. And she said, no, you guys are very much yourselves wow, on there. Wow, that's yeah. good. Isn't Is that it? good or bad? I can't tell. I think it's great. <laughs> you think it's great. That's what I'm aiming for. Um. So, yes, we uh, we watched a few things. We want to talk about those things. And uh, I think what we'll do is we'll talk about some other stuff first, and then we'll talk about the stuff that we watched. But to signpost it for you folks, coming up, Ashley and I have caught up on season, is it three? Of Temptation Island? Yeah. Season three. You're not going to tempt me. No, you're not. <laughs> Unless you go on Temptation Island, and then yes, you will tempt <laughs> me. Uh, Temptation Island over there on the USA Network. Uh, you know, Ashley and I loved uh, the previous two uh, seasons, and so uh, we were excited to find out that it was back. And so we Shout out to the Reality Blows listener that got us into it in the first place. That's right. It was one. Who was the person? Uh, who knows? So um, who knows you know, the person who listens to us. We uh, appreciate all of your... Uh, by the way, can you guys recommend other stuff for us? That would yeah, be we love great. your DMs. Yeah, DM us at any time, any place. Uh, or email us, realityblowspodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yes, we caught up. Three episodes uh, have aired so far, and uh, we watched all of them this week. We're going to talk about our feelings on those. Plus, Ashley Knight just popped in and finished the first episode of the New York, what are we calling it? The, real, the real world. Um, New York Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. Uh, which is over there on the Paramount Plus app, guys. This Paramount Plus app looks like it's going to be a winner. Yes, I knew about it already as CBS All Access, and I was on there already, and they didn't add that much extra content so far, but they did change the name. Uh, so over there on Paramount Plus, we just watched the real world New York homecoming and boy oh boy did ashley cry yeah non-stop yeah. i will not be watching that entire season get ready for my thoughts on that but also we watch something else what did we watch oliver and company right we watched oliver and company the the fantabulous if i do say so myself uh disney movie from 1980 
what, three, five, No, it was like six, 88 or something. Eight, eight, right. Made me cry. Another one that made me cry. In fact, the only thing that didn't make me cry was Mark Wahlberg on Temptation yeah, Island. Mark L. Wahlberg, of course. Um, yeah, we, we watched Oliver and Company. Ashley and I have been trying to do like Friday night date night where we watch like, uh, I think we're just watching sort of classic Disney movies that we may have forgotten about that are in the vault. Um, and this was my choice this week. And uh, it was Oliver and Company. And I guess we could just start talking about Oliver and Company right now, unless you want to talk about something else. Well, before we get into what we watch, I think we should talk about our new obsession. Okay. You go first. Okay. So Nick and I, about, I don't know, two years ago, we were on a date. We were down at the, what are those, the the ports of Brooklyn, Manhattan, the seaside ports. We hang out on the docks. We went somewhere we'd never gone before. And whenever Nick and I go to a new location and when we are tourists, we always get ourselves a little, we always purchase a little something. I don't know why. It's just part of the magic of the evening. So we, we stumbled into this little oddity shop and we saw a puzzle. It's an Edward Gorey puzzle. You guys remember Edward Gorey, the black and white, um, like line drawings, very intricate, very dark, very sort of goth, right? Is that how you would describe Edward Gorey? Yes, based on the cover of this uh, box um, that we're about to talk about. I I will admit right now that I don't know much about and never did know much about Edward Gorey. Oh, okay. Um, I I had Edward Gorey books when I was a kid. See, I recognized the name and the artwork a bit. Yeah. When you were like, Edward Gorey, when you saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what that is, but this is cool, so I'm down with getting this one. But, um... Who is Edward Gorey? Uh, a children's book illustrator and author, I think. I had an Edward Gorey book called, you know what, can we pause? I'd like to look it up. Yeah, let's pause. So, yeah, he was a um, he was a writer as well. I mean, I knew he was an artist, but he illustrated the, he illustrated children's books and he wrote them as well. And then in his Wikipedia article, it says that his characteristic pen and ink drawings often depict vaguely unsettling narrative scenes in Victorian and Edwardian settings. Now, the book that I had was um, a series of books. He had this like he did a couple of books about this character named Treehorn. And it was this, I think the first one was the shrinking of Treehorn, which is about this kid who keeps getting smaller and smaller and his parents don't notice. Yeah, I don't remember this. It just does not ring a bell. And then there was Treehorn's tree. Do you remember that? Where no. it's like the money starts growing out of the tree. Um, listen to this little uh, this little snippet here. I like okay. this a lot. This is in the personal life category. Although Gorey's books were popular with children, he did not associate with children much and had no particular fondness for them. I just think that that's a funny thing to say because it reminds me. Um, I know an I know adults who work with children who have no fondness for them. So <laughs> <laughs> I like when I see that in real life. So you guys know Edward Gorey. It's this pen and ink, very very intricate um, sketches and drawings, and they're dark and they have sort of a something is off feeling to them. So anyway, Nick and I are on this date two years ago, and we go into this little oddity shop and i see an edward gory puzzle 500 pieces we buy it thinking that that's just like who we're gonna be now we're gonna be a puzzle couple we're gonna spend our evenings listening to classical and putting puzzles together we never touched it yeah it was a how long ago was that i said two years but it was probably four (laughs) 
It was quite some time. It was... I think two years is about right. Three years, maybe? No, yeah, I think two is about right. Okay, so it just has been collecting dust. Yeah, and South, now I'm remembering. South Street Seaport is where we went, Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So... What happened to me last night was I had the night off. I didn't have to do anything last night. And Nick was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I, I want to do something that is relaxing that is not watching television, which is really hearsay in this house. Would you agree? Yeah, it's hogwash. Yeah. I mean, in, you should have seen my, the look on opinion. Nick's face. He's like, so you want to relax, but you don't want to watch television. But but she wants to relax, but she doesn't want to watch television. You know, it was a really a battle, and we I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. We had maxed out the television, in my opinion, because we'd gone through Temptation Island and Oliver and Company on Friday night alone, and the, season, and the finale of um love island season five didn't i didn't even mention that in our roundup well, of what we watched well, that's your own personal journey i mean of course i've watched tons of television that wasn't those things but you know this is specific to us and the and the show so i break out this puzzle saturday night break it out around 6 p.m 6 30 p.m i start working on it i immediately realize that I haven't done a puzzle in about, I would say, 25 years. I don't remember the last time I did a puzzle, but I'm pretty sure I was under the age of 10. So now all of a sudden I'm like like grappling, trying to, I'm, I'm like grasping at memories of my mom instructing me on puzzles. Like, um, you know, like, oh, start with the corners. And I'm like, okay, I'll start with the corners. Try and do the edges first. I'm trying to do the edges. This puzzle is 500 pieces it's all black and white it is every piece looks the same yeah it's pretty uh incredible when you look at these 500 pieces when it's like okay here's a gray one this one's uh, slightly less gray um I'll i put mean, this with the slightly less gray pile um i showed it to my friends who were like like avid puzzlers and they were like oh that's a very advanced puzzle and so here I am, a novice, a puzzle novice, diving in feet first. Yeah, that's right. Feet first into this puzzle. And it has been, I worked on it from 6.30 until midnight-ish yesterday. I woke up, I did a good hour and a half, and I'm only about halfway done. No, you're not. I think you are... I think you are three quarters done. Babe, I have the whole dome to finish, which is going to be the hardest part. You are you are two thirds done. You are two thirds I done. I will accept I will accept two fourths. One half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I just think you've done a bang up job here. Uh, I, I you accomplished so much of this puzzle in, in one night. Uh, it was surprising. I mean, when I saw you sort of getting into this situation, I was like, good luck. I'm out of here. Yeah, Nick literally left. <laughs> At one point, he came back like, are you still doing that puzzle? And I couldn't I was believe like, it. I was like, I sat him down. And I was like, okay, you you are the puzzle guy. You're going to find all the um, all the side pieces now. Right. I put you to work. And I found all the sides for her. Yeah. And I helped a lot. Well, yeah, you helped a great, you helped, you helped, you I helped. Help. I helped a great deal. You're right. <laughs> you Taylor helped. Almost said that fully and stopped. Um, yeah. So, I mean, is this like, uh, I guess, first of all, it seemed very, it seems like you're very, uh, you feel very accomplished from this. So this is like a nice boost of like accomplishment in, in this world, right? That's nice. You feel good that you're getting through it. 
I don't know if I feel accomplished. You were, I've, you I've, were doing like touchdown dances when you were finding like certain parts of yes, the puzzle last, last night, night. I couldn't believe it because you'll get stumped on a piece. I forgot about this, about puzzles. You'll just get stumped on a piece and for like an hour, one piece will haunt you and then you'll find that piece and complete like a whole section and it all comes together. So when that was happening, I was getting up and doing little dances for sure. Um, it's less of a sense of accomplishment and more it's feeling like I'm really, this is the first time in I don't know how long that I am doing something where there is not like anything else happening. Like if I'm watching TV, I'm on my phone. You know, if I'm working out, I'm listening to something. If I'm on a walk, I'm listening to an audio book. I'm just like sitting in silence looking at this puzzle. Were you not watching Temptation Island while it was happening? No. Temptation Island? Not Temptation Island. Love, Love Island? Island? I had it on. I turned it off because I like, couldn't focus on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember, you were even down here and you were like, you don't even know what's going on in your show because like Molly May said something or Maura said something. So it's like I turned off the television and then like an hour passed and I had just been sitting in silence. It's weird. It is weird. What do you do? Have, do you have anything that you just sit in silence with? Uh, what have I killed an hour with? In my like day. when you play video games, are you just sitting in silence? No, no, no. If I if I'm playing uh, my Switch, uh, my Switch Lite, thank you very much. Um, no, I usually have a podcast on or something like that. Like yeah. I tried to listen to my audio book, I couldn't do that. I yeah. just gave up, and I had to, I surrendered I know, to the silence. I don't know why you would you couldn't watch some to put something on like that's and just do the puzzle it seems weird to be sitting in silence it needed my complete concentration otherwise i wouldn't have gotten this far well okay so you don't have a sense of accomplishment at all for so it's like you don't no, feel I have like, a little sense okay. of accomplishment i'm i'm actually more but i'm more marveling at the task in general like i'm like wow this thing has its own power i wasn't even aware of so what so i had this question last night which was what are you gonna do when you finish it I'm going to take a picture of it and then I'm going to crumple it up and put it in a little baggie and I don't know, gift it to a friend. You are going to give it away. You're not going to yeah. sit around and do it again. <laughs> I might do it again, actually, just because it was it's so difficult that I don't think doing it again will be easier. Um, You know, I don't think you'd ever do it again. I think you should give it away and buy a new puzzle. But I do think it's such a ridiculous thing that you spend, you know, days sometimes putting together one of these jigsaw puzzles. And then like you just look at it and go. Wow. Yeah. I did it. Look at it. It's it's definitely the picture that's on the box. Okay, well, time to break it down and then you just crumble it up and then throw it back in the box. It I know seems... Nick was like you should shellac it yeah. and put it up on the wall. I was like, you should frame this motherfucker. I think you should Maybe frame I will. them all. Maybe I will. I it's know, cool just, looking. It is cool. It is cool, but I just kind of feel like you work so hard on it and just to just to destroy it again seems insane to me. Yeah, but then once the problem is once you shellac it, you then stop it from fulfilling its life's purpose, which is to be a puzzle people take apart oh, and put together. Well, I mean, that now you're putting a a, a purpose onto an inanimate object and I don't know if it has hey, a we're life, all made for something, babe. What? No, this is a puzzle. So, uh, yeah, you're in the puzzles and you're almost done with this one and you don't know what you're going to do afterwards, but... Uh, I do know what I'm going to do afterwards. What? I'm going to get another puzzle. You're going to get another puzzle. Yeah, That's this is my new ask. thing. Yep. So what, uh, you have any... Uh, you yes, know, I do. What? Yes, I do. I want uh, 3D, one of... 3 puzzle? No, I want one of the New Yorker covers. Like, they oh, make uh -huh. they make puzzles yeah. off of those. You don't want a 3D puzzle? No. 
Remember those three D puzzles? I feel like that would give me a headache. <laughs> like looking at the puzzle up close, like puzzle pieces, what? studying it, and it's three D, and your eyes have to adjust no. between two D and three D. That type of three D. Are you? Trying? It's like when you would bi- remember those things like from the nineties where you would build like the like uh you know the like Empire State Building and it would build, oh, right. build it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I see what you're That's saying. That's a three D puzzle, baby. I see what you're saying. No, what I'm not interested in that. Okay, she get Legos. You should start doing Legos. Babe, I feel Put like you're the Death insulting Star. me now. The Death Star would take you longer than this would stupid Edward Gorey puzzle. How take you. <laughs> dare you get out of here? I need to spend some time with my puzzle. Also, this Edward Gorey puzzle cost us 10 bucks what something like that Six 30 bucks really jesus christ uh new york let me tell you something but uh 30 bucks but that uh um the the death star or 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 any of those kind of huge uh, uh themed um yeah, what are you what, trying what are to say? Called, babe? What are they called? Lego, Lego sets. Lego yes. sets. That thing costs like three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's a shame. There's too many Legos. Like enough Legos have been made. You don't need to make new Legos. Like <laughs> well, recycle the pieces. No, there's too many Legos in existence. When you think about the Lego company's been around for like what three decades, four decades. Mm-hmm. Enough Legos are in circulation. I'm. I would bet. I. In fact, I'm sure that there is like a recycling program. There must be. Too many Legos. To buy a Lego set seems absurd to me, which is why I was thinking about or the next thing we're going to talk about is Goodwill, which I can't wait to talk about that. And I was thinking about how I should be looking for puzzles at Goodwill. Problem is, though, is that you're like, do they have all their pieces? Exactly. That's you're the not issue. Great. You can't trust those Goodwill That's the people. Issue. Well, those Goodwill people. That's <laughs> yeah. who we are, babe. Oh, oh all right. Uh, I wouldn't trust myself. <laughs> put a puzzle you know what i wouldn't trust you either i was over there looking behind the bed this today being like he fucking dropped a piece i know he did (laughs) i did drop a few but i got them i did get them back when i was sorting through trying to get the sides uh so you're gonna buy a puzzle i think uh i think you should get a a more colorful one this time yeah i'd like parrots parrots would be cool (laughs) parrots would be very yeah this is black i cannot stress you know what? Hopefully at some point when I finish this, I'll put a picture of it up on our Patreon, which you can just like go to and look at, even if you're not a Patreon member and you can see it and then you'll know that's what it freaking looks like. Now, Ashley says she's going to post stuff to our Patreon like that. She said it before in the past. And I, I freaking did it. Did you? Yeah. Go to our page. Do you not go to our Patreon? If you go to our Patreon. Yeah, I run it. There's pictures of my journal that I, I put up there, my bullet journal. The only thing that I've ever said I was going to put on Patreon that I never did is us playing the Guess Who, the challenge well, edition done it. that I made for your birthday, but you refused to do it with me, so I can't ever <laughs> like, put it up. You want to set up like a series of cameras. I just know we would be Zooming it, and we would just be in different rooms. That seems very complicated. No, it's easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Let's talk about Goodwill. Okay. You want me to jump into it? I can introduce the subject. <laughs> Nick and I love Goodwill. That's something you should know about us. We've talked about it before. Yeah, you guys know we bond over Goodwill. We have stopped going to them because we're in a pandemic. We're trying not to go to things. But recently I went to one by myself and I was like, mm, we got to get back in these Goodwills because I went to one and it was just a bad one. There's a bad one near here. There's and- a one near here that is such a disappointment. We've yeah. been to it before, before pandemic hated it yeah during a pandemic it's not very good either so i just went in there to kill some time and um 
really I'm looking for cassette tapes because I've decided that I'm going to collect cassette tapes. Uh, you guys remember those, right? Those are the tapes from the uh, 80s and 90s that didn't really sound good um, and were small. Uh, that's what I've decided I want to collect those because I like music. I like to collect, I want to collect something right now. And, uh, I think it uh, it kind of scratches a little bit of an itch for now, me. And I, I never knew I had this itch, but I, I Googled it. I looked around. Turns out I'm an itchy boy. <laughs> yes. You gotta, your, your hand, the lady with her hand up. You got to get a cream for that. My hand is up because you're like, I've decided to become a tape guy. Yeah. All of a sudden I became a tape guy. Is this not because... I bought you a series of tapes for your birthday, and then I was like, and we're going to get you a tape recorder. Oh, the lady who always claims that everything that has, I've ever done or said is because of you. Uh, hello again, that lady. Now, listen, I decided I wanted to collect tapes uh, about a year or two ago when we were on a trip. And then so I started looking around for tapes. That's True what... or false, I got you tapes like two or three years ago for your birthday before you even mentioned anything about tapes. No, false, false. I, You know, and honestly, the tapes that you did, I remember those set of tapes. They're like the worst tapes in the world. Bruce Springsteen? No. Seaside Johnny? It's, <laughs> it's Southside Johnny. And no, you bought me those tapes like kind of recently. And I got I kept you them. for the, your birthday three years ago. No, I think nope. They no, were from I did. I got them from an oddity shop in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm saying oddity shop again. Well, it, it describes both of these places. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, no. That's I, where I got you Hot Wheels. Yeah, you can keep the Hot Wheels. I'm not collecting Hot Wheels. Yeah, you brought me a bunch of knickknacks for my birthday, and I was like, hmm, this is uh, quite a birthday present. <laughs> I uh, don't have a tape player. And that's part of it. I don't have a tape Listen, player. folks, all I'm saying is that give it two years and he's going to start collecting trains. And no. he's going to be like, yeah, just out of nowhere, I decided to be a train guy. Nope, and I'm going to be nope, like, babe, nope. are you sure it's not because I got you a train for your birthday three years ago? And he's going to say, no, it has nothing to hey, do with that. What's going on here? The truth. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain I bought that Ed Edward Gorey puzzle, you son of a bitch. So <laughs> I didn't throw that in your face. Now, I didn't have a tape. I don't have a cassette player. So I had to find a working cassette player. And, and they're kind of not making them that much anymore. And I didn't really want like a, a new weird company cassette player. I wanted like a classic cassette player. You so want the I, real thing. So I went online and uh, of course I went to eBay and I started searching around. Turns out there's a market for it uh, for antiquated analog technology and so i went and uh, started looking for walkmans i wanted a walkman and boy oh boy did i find for 30 bucks a sony walkman from probably like the year 2000 and it's a tape player and it works beautifully it's got a tuner on there i can listen to the radio and uh, i bought it on ebay came in a couple days and uh, now i have a walkman and i and i played a little bit of my uh, i have an eddie eddie and the cruisers tape I got that for you. I have a, but yeah, this was like the Jersey Shore lot that Ashley bought for me at some point. It was like a, a shitty like Bruce Springsteen tape from like the live 1975, 76 double album. Um, like one of them she got. And then uh, a Southside Johnny tape, which I'm not a Southside Johnny fan and I, maybe I'll put it in, but it is nice. I have that. And as you all, as we all know, Eddie and the Cruisers is a movie from the 80s. That was basically taking like the lore of Bruce Springsteen and making like a, a drama out of it uh, about a guy who was uh, the leader of a very hot 
seaside band that happened to sound a little like the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And then the the singer went missing. And it was like a kind of like a mystery spirit of the music sort of of movie. And it's it's a cult classic. It's great. And I love it. And uh, the, the songs on that album were done by a band called John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. And they are a band that I believe began on the Jersey Shore, specifically over at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Wow. So... I'm, my father is the only person that's going to be able to verify this and also text me tomorrow when he listens to this and tell me that I was wrong about something. But uh, I look forward to your text, Dad. But um, yeah, so uh, I feel like I have these three, you know, kind of New Jersey Shore sort of uh, uh, bands um, in my tape uh, cassette collection. So I figured now that I have a Walkman to listen to them, why not collect some tapes and so what i did is went on ebay again and i bought a lot of 14 bruce springsteen tapes wow yep 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 so now they're yep, coming yep, yep. they'll be there they'll be here tomorrow i believe 14 tapes yes and babe now, and, that's too many tapes and, but i bought it for like 14 tapes for like 30 bucks that's pretty good are you gonna try and flip them no, I might flip some of them. I want all of the all of the what I consider Bruce Springsteen uh, uh, albums. Um, I want to have them and keep them because uh, I do like Bruce Springsteen quite a bit. It doesn't have maybe my f- when I when it comes down to it, my favorite Bruce album, which is Nebraska, which is his sort of lo-fi acoustic record. Uh, his first one that he made. And that's the one I was looking for. Couldn't find it in the lot. So I had to buy the lot. Now I have to get Nebraska on its own, which they have it, but people are selling Nebraska for more money than mm. other things. Because Ain't that always the case? I think it has something to do with the aesthetic. Nebraska was recorded on a four-track uh, player like yeah. in his garage, and it was a demo tape that his manager basically said like he made a demo tape as he does and it's like hey give this to the band have the band learn these songs and let's see if we can make this album and uh his manager listened to this tape and said this is the album this is incredible it's like a folk sort of just him and a bruce and a guitar you can kind of hear the echoes of the room he's in and they put it out in nebraska there's a couple really good hits on there but also people credit that as like the first lo-fi like recording mm. like for at lo-fi started like, a whole thing as like a genre not like obviously there were things that were like lo-fi right because of technology but like hey this kind of sounds like one dude like in a room and it sounds like it was recorded on kind of primitive like basic stuff and you can hear like the the, the, guitar, the guitar strings sliding around like his finger like it's very much what you would think of like an early mountain goats album mm-hmm. which is also very much like on a tape cassette recorder blah 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 so i think that's more expensive and people aren't selling it because like this is a really good way to listen to that album babe you've been talking a lot about bruce and i want to redirect us to goodwill okay well the reason why i went to goodwill for the first time was because of the cassettes okay so i had so to you explain went, you went my there hobby right now i'm into the bruce lore okay so tell me about going to Goodwill for these tapes. Did you find anything? No, I, I only thing I found was I went over to they don't people don't have cassettes at these Goodwills. There's a lot of CDs. There's a lot of VHS at these places. 
you know, which I kind of feel like VHS tapes and cassette tapes are very parallel. They feel like one in the same. Right? Like yeah. If you're going to have VHS tapes, why wouldn't you have cassette tapes? I think people don't think anybody's going to buy cassette tapes. So they don't put them out and they don't Ooh. take them. And they and I think that people will buy VHS tapes because people are like, yeah, it's a movie. I'll watch this movie. Right. And, you know, I don't know. People, you know, uh, movie culture is a lot more normal than music culture, I think. So it's like. Yeah, well, no one's like, I need to get. Well, there's something about a cassette tape. The only reason you're going to listen to music on a cassette tape is for the novelty of it being on a cassette. Whereas like a VHS, you're like, well, this is just a movie I want to watch. I don't know. It's the same thing. Now, I went there and I bought three, four, three? Three clamshells. Three of the, the old clamshell VHSs. And I for bought moi. For Ashley of, of, uh, of Snow White, of... What are the other ones I bought? Cinderella. Cinderella. And then what's the third? Uh, Sleeping Beauty. That's That could be right. So I bought those. They're not in the best condition, but I do know that people do collect the old VHS uh, Disney movies. So, so I was like, well, this kind of scratches a little bit of an itch and they're all here and these seem like good movies. So I'll buy them and then I'll tell them that they're for Ashley. So she feels what good. the hell what? you sent. You got those for me instead of flowers <laughs> yours. to they're, make up. They're yours. They're yours. We got in a little argument. He made up with some clamshells. They're yours. So wait a minute. You go to this Goodwill looking for tapes and then you just are like, I'm I'm here. I might as well buy these VHS. Yeah. It's like I looked around oh, in that okay. area and I was like. Like, uh, I guess. I whatever. like the way you presented it to me. You handed them to me and you were like, this is going to be your new thing. Okay. Like you have, I have a new thing for you to collect and it's going to be this. Well, I decided I'm collecting things. So now you have to. We both collect things. Well, you collect what? Tears in a jar. Wow. What do you collect over there? Wow. <laughs> you collect a lot of frowns when it, when it comes to me. Let me tell you that. I'm frowning. You're collecting you all my frowns. You guys were doing great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I went there and then that kind of made me go like this fucking Goodwill sucks. There's got to be a good Goodwill around here. And I mentioned to Ash, like we should go to a Goodwill. I saw that there's a couple on the map and Ashley, of course, was like, yeah, we should go to a Goodwill. And so Ashley looked one up and it was in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And we drove like, I don't know what, a half hour to get there. Yeah. In in five o'clock traffic on a Friday, we're not great planners. No. Something happens where we, where we just decide we want to do something. Fridays t tend to be a, a kind of an off day for us. Well, well, it's usually bit. our date night, so right. that can that can turn into like a date day. Like, well, this is our day we're spending quality time together. Right. Let's head to Goodwill. So um, we went to this Goodwill, and this was like a like twice the size of the one that was uh, close to our home, and uh, also uh, like maybe five times as good. Ten this times was, as good. This was like finally I'm back in a Goodwill. Goodwills are really hit or miss, okay? There are two Goodwills in Martinsville, Virginia. One of them is incredible. It's the best Goodwill I've ever experienced in my life. Every time I go visit my grandparents, everyone in the family knows one day Ashley's going to go to Goodwill for four hours, okay? There's one Goodwill there really knocks it out of the park. There is another Goodwill in Martinsville, Virginia that is the opposite side of the coin. All of the, everything they have is like from Target five years ago. Their t-shirt bin, instead of being full of like old worn out band tees, which I'm like snatching up for 50 cents a shirt to sell on Etsy for $30. Yeah, I have a side hustle. Instead of that, their t-shirt bin is just like the free Planet Fitness shirts. 
All of their jewelry is like little knick-knack bobble stuff from the family dollar instead of the other Martinsville Goodwill, which has like old brooches. You know, do you guys understand what I'm saying? There is a good Goodwill and there is a bad Goodwill and they can both exist in the same freaking town. So the one in New Jersey that we went to before near Staples, total dog crap, we'll never go back. This one, I walked in and I immediately was like, this is a goodwill. You know why? I spotted right away, right when I got into the women's section, I spotted a classic late 80s, early 90s silk blouse in a jewel tone color. And that meant that we were about to get down to business. Uh, so I saw this in Ashley's eyes. And so I was like, I better go busy myself with something. Yeah, Ashley's going to need some time. <sighs> so I go over and I'm like, I can't see. I'm in the home goods area. I'm like, I don't see anything good here. I'm like, where are these cassette tapes? Nothing. Not a cassette in, in town. And then Ash, I'm walk- I go back to Ashley like a sad puppy dog. And I'm like, mm, there's nothing for me here. I don't want clothes. And she's like, did you go over and see all those tapes over there? Yeah, I'm trying to get and him I'm away like, from what? me so I can concentrate <laughs> yeah, like in the zone. on my racks. I'm like, I'm done. She's like, we've been here for two minutes. And yeah, Nick's s- like, yeah, this place is weird. I'm like, go over there. <laughs> and she pointed the like literally a huge wall full of like DVDs, VHS, you know, all this shit. I'm like, oh, there's a whole wall over there. Well, okay. And I went over there and I'm looking for my cassette tapes. No friggin' cassette tapes. Not a one. So many CDs, so many books. So many DVDs, so many VHS tapes. And it turns out when I was in the home goods area, I saw a pretty decent looking VHS tape player. So I was like, hmm, this is like five bucks. Maybe I'll just buy this and see if I can get this going. I think you should clarify that you bought me those three VHSs as yeah, my new collection. That's right. We don't have, there's no VHS player. There's no either. VHS player in the house. I'm sure that this family rid it, like got rid of VHS yeah. players 20 years ago. Oh yeah. Many times over. I mean, I've had so many. I feel many... like you were probably like an adapter, a adopter of Blu-ray when it came out. Yeah. DVDs. Uh, we never really did Blu-ray, but like DVDs when they came out, it was like, uh, yeah, of course we immediately went on that and bought a lot of them. And now they're sitting in a box downstairs in the basement. So, um, I'm like, all right, well, let me see. This thing's pretty heavy. I'll leave this over here. And then I, I was like, I don't know if I need it. But then when I went over to the like little VHS area, I started looking through them and I was first looking for the Disney, you know, I'm like, oh, is there a good, you know, and somebody had picked all of the good Disney stuff out of there. There was like a couple of things in there and there were like some kids movies, you know, Babe 2, Pig in the City. Yeah. And like there was some, a Mighty Ducks 3. There was some stuff in there that I was just like, ah, I don't know about this. This isn't like, I'm, I'm trying to be very, I want to be very specific with these collections because you can, as I know from comic books and trading cards, you need to put limitations and parameters around your collecting. Otherwise, you can get out of hand. So like with, with you know, uh, comics, uh, you know, if you're like, I'm just going to read Marvel. It's like you're going to buy, if you want to keep up, you're going to buy every Wednesday, which is comic book day, new comic book day, you're going to buy 50 different titles. And they're expensive now. They're like five fifty a pop. Like, you know what I mean? Like you lose your fucking house trying to keep up. So instead you go, I collect 
and read Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. Marvel, Spider-Man. And already Spider-Man will probably have two or three titles a month that you have to pick up, you know, in different little universes and stuff. And yes, sometimes, and they were big in the in the 90s for doing this, crossovers where, like, you know, Wolverine shows up in your fucking Spider-Man cartoon uh, comic, and he's like, hey, thanks for all that help last week. And then it's like, oh, no problem, Wolverine, see ya. And then on the bottom it says, to find out what Wolverine was talking about, you have to pick Ooh. up issue 475 of Unlimited... Uh, Wow. Ultimate X Men. Everything. Everybody just wants your money, right? So you, I like that though. With Soretti, like setting boundaries by being as specific as possible. Got to be specific. So I didn't plan on collecting VHS tapes for my cassette tapes. My specifics are: I want all the Bruce stuff because you know it's close to my heart. I've seen Bruce Springsteen multiple times. That's in your concert. guy. It's my guy. I love Bruce. I love all his music. Fine. That's one guy. Then I'm like, okay, so what is, else is important to me here? Like, what do I think is cool to have on tape? Because people kind of still make tapes. You know, you can you can find like a, a commemorative cassette tape with a lot of new bands because like all of their stuff is like online in streaming services. That's how mostly people listen to music. But people still want physical media. It's like something to have on a shelf, something to have and hold. So sometimes like if you go on the website, they will sell a cassette tape for like, you know, 10, 15 bucks. And with it comes like a download code. So you can, you know, download the MP3s off of iTunes or whatever the hell is going on. But but I'm not really interested in sort of the newer things. Like I want, you know, vintage and I want specific stuff. So to me, the coolest stuff in the cassette world is like 80s metal because that's like what people were listening to on tapes, you know, 80s metal, um, very early to late 80s hip hop, you know, and um, punk tapes, like punk and hardcore tapes. Uh, now it turns out, there's a reason why I would like that. It's because I fall into a demographic of people who would collect cassette tapes, and those <laughs> people also like metal, hardcore, and punk. Is that true? It's true. It's it's interesting. So you're a type. It, I'm a type, and I think it's you know, people who like aggressive music are really in like that type of music. Metalheads are nerds, uber nerds. They're collectors. They like action figures. They like mod like making models of the things that they like. I heard on a podcast that like metalheads are just statistically more gentle and introverted than any other musical genre. Metalheads are are internet nerds. I mean, also. They're soft people. Yes. In their hearts. So now with the punk, like that, this is where you get in with like people are still like anything that's DIY. Right. Is very hardcore. And so, like, our hardcore tapes are fucking inc- incredibly hard to come by. Hardcores were big with seven inches, like, records, too. But, like, if you want, like, a Black Flag tape that's, like, an original tape from the 80s, it's you're not going to find it because people are, like, coveting those. Mm. And so it turns out, like, all of the bands I'd put in, just you go on eBay to kind of see just the pricing. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, when you put in you know punk tapes people are selling lots of them for like hundred dollars and it's crazy what they're what they're doing it turns out it's punk it's hardcore it's heavy metal so since that's what's in demand that's the stuff that's harder to get so i've learned that it's like oh you're you're either gonna pay for this stuff or you got to actually look around because people just give away stuff at probably garage sales and goodwills and they don't know what they have you gotta hunt you got 
to haunt. Anyway, let's go back to the Goodwill portion. So I'm looking through these things. I see a couple crappy Disney things. I'm like, that ain't going to work. But then I start finding some really weird VHS tapes. Okay, number one was like learning compu- like computer literacy. Mm-hmm. It was a, And it came, it was a cassette tape teaching adults computer literacy. And <laughs> I wish you guys 19- could see Nick's face right now. I mean, he literally lit up talking it's, well, about this. Well, this is it. right in my wheelhouse, like antiquated technology yeah. and people explaining what the future is going to be like yeah. in, in the past. It it's came great. with a floppy disk. It came with a fucking, actually, it was like a hard disk. What is the opposite of the floppy disk? Where like you would get like a bunch of them. The floppy disks were the big black ones with the circle. No, in that's the middle. a floppy disk. Is that a floppy yeah, disk? Yeah, you had. Yeah, that's a floppy. So disc. it comes with a fucking floppy disk. I don't know. I mean, I gotta find a floppy disk drive. I mean, this thing. <laughs> I so anyway, I'm like, oh my god, this is it. Like there was a picture of like a computerized man on the front. <laughs> it was from 1994 or five. It was like right in the sweet spot. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Now, these tapes are like 50 cents a piece. So I'm like, okay. Then I see one, which is literally a a whole cassette tape, VHS tape, dedicated to teaching you the Macarena. I mean, this VHS is like long. It's like what? It's like it's 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 45 minutes long. Yeah, 45 minutes. The Macarena is so simple. And and then I I found one, which was just a a commemorative VHS tape. That was issued by Philip Morris. This has really stumped us, by and the way. And it was just like greatest scenes in movies. And it was like a 23-minute tape. And it turns out it's hosted by Dennis Miller, and it's from 1991. I'm like, that's coming with me. What in the world is Philip Morris doing? Well, we're going to watch we'll it. Find and we'll find out. Get, I mean, you haven't even mentioned the one I'm most excited about. So there's a thing which I actually had heard about because Ashley and I were thinking about going to Tennessee for yep. a trip. We ended up not going, but I was like, what could we do there? And there is a thing called the Black Bear Jamboree, which is like a dinner show that you would see in like the in on the on the Rocky Top, right? In mm-hmm. in in or Smoky in the Smoky Mountains? Yeah, that's right. In the Smoky Mountains and it's just like a classic like you get you're in a big dinner theater, and a show, you get dinner and then they sing. We don't really know, but I think it's a whole review that they've oh. been doing for years and years. And you get I, I would imagine when you go there, you can either buy or maybe even send away for the night that you were there. They taped it. And we have, which is pretty like late in the game, really at the end of the VHS era. But in 2004, we have somebody's Black Bear Jamboree commemorative tape. And uh, I got a couple other ones, but those were definitely the gems I when it came to wait. no real feature films only just like strange like how oh yeah a a, a a whole vhs that is just called birding for kids that one's my second favorite <laughs> it's about teaching kids how to bird how to look for birds i can't wait to watch so now right there formed my 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 vhs like ooh, i think i'll collect these and that and it formed encapsulated what i was looking encapsulated what i was looking for which was i want weird VHS shit. I don't want yeah. real, a lot of movies. You want found footage so, sort of underground. Right. And I want to talk a little, I want to talk a bunch about our, our shows we watch, so we will move on. But I will say, brought home the VCR like in a sweat panic like at midnight. I mean, Ashley were watching our stuff. I was like, I gotta go see if this stuff works. Yeah. I hunted around this house for wires and different TVs with different settings in the basement everywhere. I fucking got this thing going he and got it got it to work, y'all. And then I tested all the tapes out. The tapes work. It's, it's really a miracle. I couldn't believe it. At like two o'clock in the morning, like I'm sitting in my boxers, like in the attic, like cheering because the Macarena <laughs> tape is working. And uh, so it Nick, got me very excited. 
Nick filmed footage of the Macarena tape and then texted it to me yes. on the second floor as, as like a celebra- celebration. Yeah. So, folks, we're um, I'm collecting cassettes and VHS. Let me know if you have any. You want it? You want? It. I'll make I'll make you a nice deal. I'll I'll, we'll, I'll send you some stickers. <laughs> um, let's talk about the shows that we watch. Yeah, which one do you want to talk about first? So I think let let's knock out what we just watched. This okay. This real world homecoming. You said at the beginning of this show that you will not be watching this show. So basically, the very first season of real world was in 1992 it was filmed in new york you guys i'm sure you've seen it if you haven't go watch it nick and i watched it and then we recorded our thoughts for a patreon app a long time ago early in the patreons i think probably around this time last year we did that and it was just it was so fun to watch that you know, at the time that we did, because it it looks so dated. It's so fun. There's so much nostalgia there. And I thought that's what I was going to get out of this. Okay. So they're, they're bringing back the original cast to live in the same loft. That's why it's called homecoming. We thought it was going to be like a season's worth. It appears to only be for six days. As far as we can tell. I mean, as far as we can tell us, we, we heard somebody like Heather on the show being like the six days isn't enough. And it's like six days. Wait a minute now. Yeah, it was what three months uh, in the original show six days. I understand everybody's got jobs and families and it is COVID time. But like, y'all, you got to do a month, at least a month. Give us two weeks. But I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's more than that. It's happening during it's happening during this 2020. It seems like winter 2020. Yeah, there's everyone has masks on. Everybody's worried about COVID. In fact, one of the cast members can't be there because they tested for COVID. So they're constantly like coming in on the screen. So it's just kind of going back and forth. It was the first episode was like 45 minutes and it would cut back and forth between footage of them in the house now and footage of them in the house in 1992. And Sure, it was entertaining, but it was not worth the emotional whiplash of going back and forth from present day to 1992. I can't handle it. I, I And Nick looked at me at one point during the show and he's like, are you ever going to be able to handle this sort of thing that like documents the passage of time? And I was like, no, babe, it's not in me. I cannot, I cannot stomach it. So... I don't understand whether or not like why can't you just like get used to this like I don't I don't I don't understand it made me feel too many emotions okay. well I will say from my point of view for a while through this and I will save you for spoilers it did just drop and I'm sure a lot of you want to watch it I'm guessing um it, to me the beginning of this there was so much like the way they were using the flashback stuff like was very cool. Um, like they were having people like they, it was the same place, you know, they all came by cab and all this and that. And so like they were doing split screens of like when people, when they were entering the house the first time versus entering house this time. And it was incredible how they kind of synced everything up and, you know, them actually, you know, uh, relaxing in a chair and then cutting back to like when they were relaxing on that chair, you know, 30 years ago, it was, it was, it was great. I, I enjoyed that part of it. There was a piece of it, though, that was like, are we just going to talk about like antiquated technology? I know literally that's what we just talked about. (laughs) But like they were more talking about like, man, back then there was no cell phones like you needed to be on time places and there was no texting. And like that was like 
the first 15 minutes, I was like, there were too many conversations like that where I'm like, ugh, I don't know. Is this just going to be old people talking about how it used to be back yeah. then? Yeah, and I would say like a good 30% of the show is being like, we were the first. There was no reality television before us. We were the first. We There was no blueprint. Yeah. Like, they just kept going I liked, over that. I liked that part more. I liked that the first time and the second time it was discussed, but everyone did not need a clip of them saying that. Sure, I... They did overdo it. I mean, it was. They're definitely. If this is six days, I can see how I it understand could be. now because yeah. the first episode was the first three hours of them walking into the house. So I'm like, okay, maybe they did just do six days of it. But um, and maybe it'll be every day. Maybe we'll just see every day, which would be kind of interesting to me if they actually did it in real time. Um, now, eventually, I feel like that kind of left and it started talking about like why they were famous to begin with, why the first uh, season was famous. And, and, and when they started talking about like the ripple effect with their lives and what happened to them immediately following, like kind of like a where are they now style, like what did you do when the show ended? And people were talking about how like, you know, they were like instantly famous, you know, and, uh, uh, how it was such a cultural phenomenon that they were, you know, kind of, you know, inundated with this um, new life and and how they were dealing with it. We got to see a few of them and what where what they've been doing and and what their home life is like now. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And then they started getting into the you know the reason why the first season was so famous was you know infamously the conversations about race with Kevin and some of the white. Uh, cast members white roommates specifically julie and becky julie and becky but also you know norman was in there talking about it was the was the guitar dude andre is that his name andre had a little bit in there but yes specifically julie and kevin had like a blowout argument on the sidewalk in front of their building like under scaffold it it, it was you know, a very New York uh, moment. And that's the thing you sort of remember. That's what I remembered it for is just kind of like Kevin, like teaching everybody about racism basically in the yeah. house. Um, and it was very interesting how everything that they were showing Kevin talking about, he was able to be like, yeah, like, you know, Rodney King was happening at that moment, you know, and now the it seems like most of the world has come around to the idea that there is, in fact, systemic racism in the United States of America. And you have these clips of Kevin on The Real World in 1992 literally saying there is systemic racism yeah. in this country. Your experience is not the same as my experience. Right. And so it was it very much leaned on that conversation, those conversations, and kind of through interviews and stuff, kind of having all the cat housemates, castmates kind of react to like, wow, I can't believe it. Like even Heather, who's another black person who's in the house talking about like, I used to tell Kevin, like, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? And it's like, look, like everything that he was saying, there was no, tell me where he lied in any yeah. of that. And it was, it was pretty powerful to see them all sit there and look at Kevin and Kevin be like, even Kevin was like, yeah, it's pretty nuts that yeah. this is what was going on. And yeah. then they go into, I loved them talking about how Kevin got, you know, they were talking about like, oh, they cast the angry black man, they cast the angry black man. And Kevin was like, listen, they just didn't ask me any of those questions. They, they He was basically saying production was very surprised about how volatile I was. and And I didn't hide it. 
They just didn't ask me those questions when I came into the interviews. At the time, I was an he was an activist. You know, he's like I took over a school protesting. You know, uh, police violence and multiple different parts of uh, you know the Northeast, and you know, talking th- about what was going on. Like when he was in college while on this show before the show, they were like they never asked, and so it, they were thrown. I also appreciated how much they talked about production in there. They were they weren't hiding yeah. production. Like um, you know, Julie came into the show, you know, current day in in Homecoming and was like, "I'm kind of worried we're not going to give production what they want." And then she goes, "But we didn't give them what they wanted the first time and it turned out okay." It turned so. no, she said it turned out even better. Turned out even better. And she's specifically talking about I think they did, they were not expecting the the explosion the exploding debates that happened over race, I think. Right. You know, I thought some that you said was really interesting before we started watching this um i guess we were like maybe five minutes into it and you paused it and you were like kevin was the first activist that we that the general population was exposed to who wasn't super famous or a politician he was just like a regular guy who was an activist right you just never heard you know you you would see them probably yeah i mean i was too young but you would see them but you didn't get to hear their point of view and hear their arguments and stuff and kevin was the poster child for that so um you know this is you can tell then you know i mean that was basically the first episode we see like what's going to happen throughout the season and it seems like it is going to hinge on these discussions about race again and whether or not people have sort of smartened up and um, are doing their part maybe. I don't know, but it does seem like the drama is coming and it's coming from uh, possibly Becky who maybe yeah. can't, can't reckon with her past and the arguments that she had. I That's don't know. That's what it appears to be from the previews it and does. stuff. It does. It does. I mean, there's some other stuff with Norman in there talking about coming out. There's some tears, all that stuff. So we'll see. We'll I'll watch it, it. Ashley's out no you're out I'm I, in no I'm you're in. out <laughs> let me back in let's quickly talk about because we we'll be watching this other show throughout the entire season yes. so we'll check up and we just kind of dipped our toe in but what's your initial feelings on Temptation Island season three? Oh my god you guys let me just tell you let's have an Ashley heart to heart moment with her listeners where she explains to you that she was against this okay Nick set up the whatever it is with cable where it records i don't even know the term for it so that it just was like popping up um as a recorded show when we would go look for the real housewives of salt lake city reunion that we watched last week and we told you guys about and so i he was like oh look i just happened to record temptation island oh it's the new season and i was like you know what 2021 ashley doesn't even want to get tempted by this show i'm not into the mess that is Temptation Island. I get too invested in these people. Too much happens. It's too much. It's a roller coaster of human emotion. And it feels like both very like cheap and gimmicky while at the same time being incredibly authentic. Do you guys, Is there are there any other shows like this? Do you agree with that comment? Yeah, I agree. It's cheap and gimmicky, but still there are real people having real life emotions and more importantly, real life consequences to their actions. So I was like, nah, I'm good. 2021, Ashley isn't watching Temptation Island. How many times do you think you brought that up, that show? Well, I didn't even know it was coming on until it had already aired. So then that was three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, whatever. And so probably, I probably brought it up 
three or four times a week the past two weeks. <laughs> and Ashley was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. And then I would say eventually, I was like, come on, we love this show. Don't you remember? This is the show we love. And you were like, I liked the first season. I didn't like the second season. I'm like, yeah, but it was still fun. Come on, Mark L. Wahlberg, the bonfire. And Ashley was like, all right, fine. I was like, the bonfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baby, we got to stay warm somehow. <laughs> Get me in there. And um, we just have watched all of them, and I haven't looked back, and I love it. I it's can't good. wait for the next one. I think this season is kind of good. I, I, it's I, great. I'm already pulling for people. There's a woman I'm rooting for. Listen, this is what has separated this season from the other seasons. Number one, the contestants, the the, the whoever we're calling them, the people seem to know what they're getting into. Yes. They will they are being sort of self self-referential when it comes to being like, boy, it's like, are you really ready to sit down? And this is the bond the way they're talking about the bonfire, like, oh boy, this is where it goes down, is different than from the last two seasons. I feel like they always just sat down and everybody seemed blindsided here. I think everybody knew that the bonfire is where they stir shit up. People know what's up. They're prepared. The other thing is none of these couples have like real rules usually when they come onto Tim to temptation island they talk about how they've like made like rules. no one's in your bed yeah nobody blah 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 no touching Don't below the waist this. and then immediately they all fail and it's yeah. crazy from the beginning here i would say the majority not all but the majority of the couples have said like yeah you know we're here to fully experience this so i, I didn't want to have any rules here and there it's wild now what i've sussed out here is it seems like in most of those cases and it's not always the man in fact one of them is the woman in the couple um has have like kind of told their more mild-mannered meek partner like no rules because that's the way you're supposed to do it and they're, <laughs> they're like okay that sounds good and then that person who says no rules who wanted to come on the show immediately goes and like has like a hookup kind of a hookupy situation and then the other person at the bonfire is like yeah we have no rules but like was i just like taken here to like have so they can to cheat be on cheated me. on, yeah. It's like a free pass to cheat is what we're, they're doing. Oh my God, here. you know what's so interesting? I keep thinking about, I wish I could remember their names. The couple from the first season, the guy, I think his name was Evan, and he was with the really skinny girl. Yeah, he was really skinny and tall as well. He yeah. was like mm -hmm. muscly and tall. Well, he was tall. Yeah, yes. he was really mm -hmm. tall. And he ended up meeting a girl, one of the singles, and then they got engaged. And there was like a whole like thing about them being engaged on the reunion. Right. I kept thinking about how his girlfriend, friend in season one how they used to hand you like an ipad yeah. and headphones so that you could watch what your uh, partner was doing in the other house by yourself and then it was your decision whether or not you shared it with the other people that you were the other couples in the house with you and i remember that remember she used to close, close her, her eyes, eyes and, and, and hold her ears closed shut awful it was infuriating so she wouldn't see or hear any of it and yeah, now meanwhile they, her, her boyfriend was fully on having like, like a full-on real relationship intercourse with else. now the thing was that it was that the woman's uh idea to come on the show that's what burned, yeah. burned her up it was like she was like that was an incredible twist and then he she couldn't deal with it and he fell in love with somebody but now they show at the bonfire they show everyone yes your your behavior and i'm glad that they made that switch me too they honestly. had to because they couldn't like risk another person doing that so i'm excited to continue watching this show ashley are you gonna come on this journey yeah i'm, I'm in, for both. You're in, I'm for, in both. for both all right folks i think that's all we have for tonight so make sure that you're tuning in over over to our uh, Patreon. Oh, wait. Oh, so sorry. Ahead. Oliver yeah. and company. You know what? Okay. We'll talk, let's talk about it on the Patreon or something. Okay.
Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it somewhere. I because I want to get into more about Oliver and Company and Disney in I don't general. Want, I don't want to squeeze that into the end of this podcast. I hear you. We do have a time constraint tonight, so we are. I hear you. I respect that. Stop. But listen, folks, we love you. We love you all. Uh, make sure that you're tuning in our recaps over there Thursdays for the challenge. It's really crazy right now. So catch up and, and listen to our recaps. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash reality blows. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.